0: Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there.
1: Images that a lot of photographers tend to maybe delete or bypass during their culling session are the ones that I'm looking to keep, where the wind is the messiest in their hair, um, Mm -hmm. where they're not looking, (laughs) Um, all the moments that mom, it might not make sense to mom, but to me as an artist, it does. And Mm -hmm. I think to a lot of the artists in the communities that I'm finding that understand my voice, understand those images that I choose to keep and might not even show to a client.
0: Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJaso, a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will give you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is the place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is The Art & Soul Show. She has always been creative by nature. Her journey towards her authentic self began 10 years ago when she fought a battle with cancer that invaded her pancreas. She won the battle and became a survivor she survived more than cancer. She became a survivor of life and began to understand the true value of living each and every precious moment because our time here is not guaranteed. Danielle Trina began her career as a photographer and was fascinated by the raw emotion she was able to get clients to express during her portrait sessions. As someone who has always been fascinated with spoken craft and poetry, she discovered she's a storyteller She learned the rules, creatively broke some of them, and created a style all of her own. And creating a following of people who love the way she uses her lens and creativity to share the way she sees beauty in the world in odd angles, crooked lines, blurred vision, the imperfections. Her goal is to inspire others to be leaders, adventurous, brave, relentless, unstoppable, inspired, lighter, passionate, faster, bolder, greater, and to choose to be more. I knew without a doubt she would have so much to share on her photographic approach and her art. I'm so excited to welcome Danielle Trina to the show. Let's dive in.
1: Welcome! Thank you! Thank you for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're passionate about. Um, I am Danielle
1: Trina, uh, Danielle Trina Photography, and I am passionate about everything. I'm passionate about life. (laughs) Life gets me. So I'm passionate about moments and um, I think really the moments in between moments that not many of us pay attention to. The wind blowing your hair, the wind playing with your hair, the moments in between a breath, all of that, that's what I'm passionate about. And children. I have a six-year-old daughter, so um, that helps my passion with children. But -hmm. those little moments that, you know, we want to hold on to and we can't unless we have a photograph of it or a video. But
0: Yeah, I love that. Now, I know that you are a survivor and we don't say cancer survivor, you're a survivor and you have... Um, an interesting story on that. Can you share a little bit about how, you know, going through cancer kind of led, led you to the way of how you photograph?
1: Yeah. So I went through a dramatic experience, um, almost 11 years ago in September and, uh, uh, was told that I had pancreatic cancer, um, that I had to have a Whipple surgery in order to remove the mass that was in my pancreas. And, um, I went through that experience and you know they talk about the survival after a whipple and that it's short and you know things i had heard from other people that have gone through the same experience luckily i had youth on my side i was 30 32 at the time it's crazy but going through that after about five years after having the surgery i realized that i was still here on this earth doing what i hated um, I was working in an industry where we were doing um, medical supplies. So I was, you know, just kind of doing kind of what I was supposed to do to make money and um, not what I had to do, what I was passionate about. So I decided that I was going to change that and I quit my job and <laughs> decided that I was going to pick up my camera and go to school for photography. And and here I am. So
0: I love that. I love that. And you can tell from... the the experience that you went through, how that changed you and the work that you create because it is those in-between moments. It's the, you know, hair just moving in the breeze. It's like the slowing down and just looking at the beauty of life. And I love it. Slowing down. I love how that comes across. Right. Oh, I love that. Now can you share your approach to your sessions and capturing authentic interaction? Oh.
1: My approach is to really just kind of be me and become part of the family or that child's moment or that child's life. You know, I just had a session the other day and when I was leaving, she was like, oh, my God, I totally felt like doing this was just like having a friend over. We were in their backyard and that's where we did the session. And she was like, you know, just it was like having a friend over, you know, I, I and I it, that's how I felt. And that's how I try to feel through a session is that I'm part of their, their life at that moment. And sometimes I actually do become a part of their life because I don't meet strangers, you know? And I think that really helps the interaction that I have with people and kids is the approach that I have is that I don't meet strangers, you know? So I'm there to really just play and get to know them as a family and, you know, those first couple of moments, sometimes it's 10 or 15 minutes of images. I'm really not expecting much from them. Actually, I'm not really expecting much from the whole session except for just capturing authentic joy.
0: So. Mm, I love that. So what does storytelling photography mean to you? It, it's so hard to explain because it's so many
1: different things. Um, I, but it's mm. really about the moments, um, capturing the moments, especially if you're working with children, just really trying to find those moments that you really – they're there and then they're gone. Um, it's just, it's so hard to explain. I'm looking for moments that, you know, moms and dads can't get back, you know. Uh, yeah. Just being real and raw and authentic and um, getting them to get comfortable in front of the camera and and pretend I'm not there, you know, and I'm just really documenting um, another time and space for this family or for that child.
0: Yeah, I love it. Now, are there specific prompts that you use to help your clients relax and especially kids? Because I I know I personally get a lot of smiling and grinning at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm,
1: you know, I use prompts sometimes, but I, I really go in with the approach of playing, getting down to their level and just, let's just, let's just be for a minute. Let's just get comfortable with each other first before I really introduce this camera. And then when I do introduce the camera, it's still you know, show me how your dress twirls around, you know, the, the backyard that I was just recently in, you know, show me your swing. What do you do with your swing? How do you, let me see you push your brother. So it's really all about getting into their world and in their moment. Mm. So while prompts are a part of it, it's not the beginning of it. It's somewhere in the middle, um, after I've, you know, spent some time getting to know them and, and them getting comfortable with me.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Now, often working with kids, we can get that silliness and making those funny faces at the camera. How do you work with the child to get the images to match your vision instead of weird faces? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm, I'm like talking about my son. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, my
1: daughter does the same thing. <laughs> um, so, I think with a lot of it is just realizing that the weird faces are part of it, right? Mm. Um, it's interesting. I actually, for the first time, had a photographer photograph my child, where I became the client, and. It was really interesting that when we went through the order session, the images that I was most drawn to of my daughter were the ones where she was making those silly faces that she makes Um, because that's part of her. That's 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 part of her essence. So I'm beginning to embrace that as part of those moments. And then the other moments that I like to take a step further and really dive into my fine art piece of work where I'm really working on the computer to try to create an art piece are those moments kind of in between where they don't even really know I captured them. So my vision is just kind of always in there. I don't, and I know that I will always get it because, you know, sometimes just simply clicking a lot, you can you find it in the computer. So images that a lot of photographers tend to maybe delete or bypass during their culling session are the ones that I'm looking to keep. Where the wind is the messiest in their hair, um, mm. where they're not looking, <laughs> uh, yeah. all the moments that mom, it might not make sense to mom, but as, to me as an artist, it does. And I think to a lot of the artists in the communities that I'm finding that understand my voice, understand
0: those images that I
1: choose to keep
0: and might not even show to a client. I find that just so, I love that because you can shoot both ways. You uh-huh. can shoot your fine art and your, and, what your client wants in the same session. Yep. And in the same moment, you know, I
1: can get that moment where they're being silly or creating silly face or where I get them to smile or, you know, to get that genuine authentic thing that mom is going to like, but also in there, I know that I've captured something for myself Mm. and I'm selfish. And I think that (laughs) we should all be selfish as photographers during a session because if I'm not capturing for me, And what I love, then I don't feel truly that I'm capturing what mom and dad will love.
0: Oh, I love that. I loved this quote from your page. Please show up open. Don't be afraid to love on your babies or your partners as if no one else was there. I want you to laugh wildly, snuggle tightly, slide your fingers affectionately through their hair, tell them with passion and purpose how much you love them, and to keep connecting with your people each and every moment. I often find people need permission to relax and be themselves. How has this approach and these permission slips helped you and your ability to capture the images that you love?
1: Oh, my gosh. So this quote, um, this quote is everything to me. I got this quote off of, um, and I, I'm sure other photographers have it. It's on one of a, a template, uh, one of those... Um, magazine templates for photographers. Oh, no. we were, Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. And it might've been under Twyla Jones, to be honest with you. I, I don't remember which one it was, but it was one of those where you can buy the template and use the wording and use the quote. Mm. So, and, but it, it's, it's so true. It's, it's everything right? that we try as lifestyle photographers to do. So while I wish I was the author of that quote and I wish mm. I, I didn't, you know, uh, the template didn't even tell who the author of that quote was, but it is so true for us as lifestyle photographers, right. right? That's what we want. That's everything. If we can get that, that's where I think where a lot of us, when we as lifestyle photographers, say we had that perfect session, right? Um, I think that perfect session encompasses all of those words.
0: Mm, yeah, oh. I totally agree. But
1: yes, I mean finding that, um, you know, when you when they when we do. What I do talk to my clients about, you know, just be you, do what you would do if I'm not here. Just this is another moment in time with your family, right? You're not, don't think of it as you're here to have a photo session. You're just here to have another moment with your family. And I happen to be here with my camera trying to capture it. And Mm -hmm. when I talk to clients about that, um, it's interesting just to see how differently and um, as they get to that comfortable place. You know, it doesn't always happen. But I think the more that we talk them through it and and they see that I'm just there, this is just another day with your family. You just happen to have dressed up or coordinated outfits or whatever you <laughs> did to get to this place. It's still just another place with you and your family.
0: Yeah. Do you ever have clients that show up and then are just like stiff and uh-huh. posed oh, yeah. and just like awkward uh-huh. and they, they and they actually maybe have forgotten how to play with each other? Yes, actually. How do you, How do you work through that?
1: The same thing, like I said in the beginning, I think just kind of finding the patience to just kind of work through it and let them get to know me. For for me, it's easy. I've seen other photographers that struggle with it and I try to work through it with them. I'm just naturally a people person. I naturally yeah. have a way of just connecting with people instantly. And I don't know, there's just when I find that a person may not be connecting with me as quick as others... I don't know, just something about being in tune to them um, Mm -hmm. and being in tune to their needs. And you just, I think you find it, but you have to be patient. And if that means that your session is extending a little bit longer than the 90 minutes or the 60 minutes that they paid for, well, that's what you need to do. That's why I don't schedule um, sessions back to back. I actually typically don't schedule more than one session in a day. I don't want to be locked down to that 90 minutes. I want to be locked down to whatever I need to, to be able to connect with them.
0: I love that. And then you can have a session that feels like it's full of intention. Exactly. And, right? And so you can be like totally present too, instead of like watching the clock. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, and so, yeah, yeah we do, you know, have packages, right? Where we talk about the length of a session time, but I, I, I will never make myself so booked that I can't give them more if I need to.
0: Right. Because what happens when you start doing that, it's almost like, I, cause I've done this, it's almost like chasing the dollars and it's, and it like stunts your creativity. It really does. Yeah. It becomes more about, like you said,
1: chasing the dollars and it takes away from my why of doing this. Mm. My why is to get and create, you know, images of authentic moments. And if I can, if I'm so connected to the clock and I'm not, I don't know, I just eventually, I don't know, I just, that's my personal opinion. We all have our, our own why and our own reasons and, yeah, you know, how we handle business. And it's part of customer service too. You know, if we tell them that we're looking for authentic connections, but we cut that clock off before they've even had time to connect with me, then I, I don't feel like I'm providing what I say that I'm going to, you know.
0: It's so true. Now, can you share about your "This is me" photo project and specifically why the teenage years are your focus? Yeah, the images are incredible and breathtaking. Oh, thank you. I found out about this concept from
1: some you know I'm always buying tutorials or oh, claim <laughs> right investing in the <laughs> classes or something. So this was one of those platforms where uh, you know you pay a monthly subscription. And uh, she talks about a lot of the different things that work for her and, you know, where you can use the copy and, you know, f- find a way to make the concept work for you and your business. So that's how I came up with it, found out about this concept. But it was so perfect to me because one of the biggest things that I sought to do when I, after I got out of school for photography, was talk about my story, right, and mm-hmm. my living my life of passion and not waiting till you're on your deathbed to do that so in that i started really becoming fascinated with the uh, the teenage years but then also even younger telling kids that at a younger age especially at the tween years right when they understand some of this stuff about that it's okay to live and do what you're passionate about, do what you must do Mm. for your heart and your soul versus what you have to do. So the two combined made so much sense to me, is those tween years where we need to connect with the kids, where they're going into those phases of being bullied and understanding the difference between accepting it and being the change and the advocates against it, right? Um, So a lot of the kids that I was able to work with in the early parts of my career in fashion photography, I was working with a lot of tweens and -hmm. these were tweens that were influencers. Some of these girls were on the Disney channel, Nickelodeon, but I was working with kids that had this strong personality to them, right? And um, just fascinated about how they got to that point, but then also being fascinated about the kids that aren't strong and Mm -hmm. how do we get to a point, how do we get through to them? And so with this tween project, you know, at the years that are so delicate, getting them into a photo shoot and showing them how they can be beautiful no matter what. So,
0: I love it. It's such a powerful project. It Ken. really,
1: it's such a fantastic idea. And, um, we don't, we, we, we focus so much, most of us, right? We have our yep. the newborn years, right? Yep. Then we have the toddler years, and then we somewhat skip to senior, the senior year. But there's a whole phase in between that I think really defines who they are through their senior year. And um, if we can step in and and help, you know, some kids. I don't know. Just catch them before they get to those tween years where we are still influencing a lot of their decisions. Yeah, um, I think projects like this really help them see that they are beautiful.
0: Yes, because that was something. Like even I'm, I'm 42, and like I don't recall ever feeling that. It was always like YM magazines or teen or 17. Uh, um, yeah. Right. And And it was like. The same time. I'm 42 as well. Yes. Like, and it was like, I think I was perpetually on a diet from the time I was 12 years old. Yeah. Right. Because that's who I was told I was supposed to look like. Uh And I didn't look like the girls in the magazines. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, what I loved about your project so much is like just giving that voice to this generation and empowering them. And what that must do for their own self-confidence is just incredible. Yeah. Now, can you share your approach to your fine artwork? Because what I'm drawn to is your freedom and your ability to edit however you feel like. I personally struggle with keeping myself in a box. I often will pull up my image in Photoshop and have no idea where to take it. Sometimes I feel stuck and lost and confused. And sometimes I end up just shutting down Photoshop and I don't try. What advice do you have for getting out of your own way to create? Oh my gosh, <laughs> it
1: took me <laughs> so long to get to this point. And I I have to say probably just recently over the past eight or nine months have I really truly like gotten there. But my approach is first and foremost is that it's for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter if anybody else likes it. I don't care if I get two likes on it, zero likes on it, a thousand likes on it. That's, that's not my goal. And it was for so long, right? We, we post our work and if we don't get a certain number of likes, then we feel like it's not adequate. Um, so I had to let go of that. So the first part of that, uh, my approach is to let go of what everybody else thinks about it. Um, Mm -hmm. it's my voice. It's I, if I don't, if I feel like it's beautiful, I'm going to post the heck out of it, (laughs) you know? So in that, um, I have found, you know, Photoshop, and I'm still, I'm, there's so much to learn in Photoshop, so right. much to learn in Photoshop, <laughs> but there's these wonderful little plugins that I have found um, that I am so in love with. Um, Topaz Labs, mm-hmm. Exposure 5, used to be called Alien Skin, but they are now yep. Exposure, Portrait Pro, and Portraiture. Those are my Mm. go-to programs. So where I create my art is a lot of in exposure and in Topaz. There are so many plugins and different things that if you go in and play, you realize all of these things that an image is capable of, right? Like... I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that, you know, just clicking on stuff, just click on the presets and go with it. So as I started playing around with those programs, I started finding, oh, I love this. I don't like that. So some of it I started to learn to create myself in Photoshop. Some of it I've learned to take and do, I don't know, something in exposure, right? Like, I don't know, pick a preset or something, and then I'll take it over to Topaz Labs and do a streak effect with it or Add some, So a lot of it just came from playing with those different mm. programs and not being scared to do something in one program and then take it over to another and do something else with it and layer yeah. up on top of layer. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But from there, I've learned what I love and what I don't love and started learning how to create art from images mm. it was just simply by taking the time to play with these different programs to see what, again, what images are capable of things that I didn't know that I could even do. I'm like, wow, you can do that. And that's crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of, that's my initial approach is, was to just kind of go with it and play. Um, and then eventually I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. You know, like, and then I would kind of post it on uh, some forum or something and nobody would say anything. And I'm like, uh oh, I guess that sucks. <laughs> you know. Um, but then what it was was finding forums and different places out there, you know, to keep searching for places and keep posting and eventually finding people that do get it, yeah. um, finding people like yourself that messaged me. You're finding, you know, you don't give up. You, you can't give up. I love that. And, and create for yourself. Don't create for everybody else. It's not about looking like such and such. You know, I, I have photographers that I look up to that I wish I could be like, but I'm no longer striving to be like them. I'm taking inspiration from them and creating for myself. Mm, I love that.
0: Now, so how were you able to create a style of your own, like getting out of your head and that fear of like wanting to look like someone else's work? How did you go about finding your own style? The first
1: initial part of it came from, so I had this vision, right? I had things that I knew I liked. I had pieces that I was creating and I would post them on these different forums and nobody would like it. So I went through that. Right. And then I found, um, an unraveled Academy. I think she's in several different platforms, but Teresa Vick, um, photographer that I love. And I started looking at her stuff and I was like, she's, we kind of like the same, like she likes, this whimsical stuff that I like. So I was like, well, she could post it. I'm going to post it. So it's just, what I did is I finally started looking and seeing that, okay, I'm going to post this because I love it. And, you know, I might get some likes from it, might not. And then from there, I guess the things that I started to be, get more comfortable with and playing with the different programs, I was able to just kind of find a style from it, you know, using textures, Mm. the way that I use wind in the hair. uh, the moments that I, you know, call through and find that, you know, most of us would throw away. And from there, I just kind of kept doing it um, mm-hmm. and kept being comfortable with it myself. And, it, and I don't know, it just kind of flourished from there. I don't It's hard to explain.
0: Yeah. It kind of just was an evolution, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Basically, yes. It was an evolution of a lot of trial and error. Still a lot of trial and error. I think the biggest thing was I found first a style, right? But then I was finding, I had a hard time finding consistency with tone and stuff, right? I was kind of all over Mm. the place with that. So now that's one of the things I'm working on now is really, I'm finding not only images that I'm drawn to, right? A type of art that I'm drawn to, but also keeping those consistent tones and stuff, you know, to help even define more of who I am. And, you know, so Mm. that way, when you see me, you really know based on the image itself, the tones, and all of the other things in between.
0: Yeah, I love it. How do you handle self doubt and maybe moments when you're just not feeling inspired? Oh, <laughs> that was, oh, you know, that is one I'm
1: confident in my answer. And now is to absolutely <laughs> just sit in it, to sit mm. with it, to sit with the doubt, to sit with the fear, to sit with uncertainty, to sit with failure. Because in those moments, it, you, you have, those are all a part of the puzzle. So sometimes it's just simply the fact that I, I personally say my God and my lady universe, that's when they're they're doing their work, right? On, yeah. the, on the back end. And I just have to just be patient and wait mm-hmm. um, and, and, and know that it's okay to sit in those moments of doubt and failure and fear um, because that is, if you just sit through it a little while longer, is where you come
0: out on the other side of it. It's so true. When you try to fight it, yes, it prolongs it and it makes it painful. <laughs> yes, and actually, you know, a good example
1: would be um, the studio thing that I studio session that I did the other day. I was, I, I have a studio that I use. I've went to school for stu- and learned a lot of studio photography, learned strobes, learned all of that stuff, and I was always scared of it it always felt confusing and just, just didn't, there's so many rules. Right. Yeah. And so when I went into this session the other day, I brought a, a girl and I was like, will you come like, and just play like in my studio and, like, you'll get some content. I'll get some content. Well, or we won't, you know, but, <laughs> you know there's no pressure, right. There was not for a client. Nobody paid me for this. It was just me and all these ideas that I had going through my head that I wanted to try. And we went in and we turned, we got the lights ready and going first. And I was still feeling uncomfortable because I had to figure out what setting to put my camera on, put the light on. And finally I said, you know what, I'm going to throw this big random cloth over there on top of the light. She's like, you're going to do what? I was like, I'm just throwing on the light and I'm going to just pick a random setting on the light. And then I picked a random setting on the back of my camera and then, you know, kept playing with the settings and looking at my camera until it felt right to me. So Mm. What I got rid of in that moment was this technical thing, um, mm. having to be technically right, having to have this Rembrandt light on her face. What I wasn't going for anything except for what I thought was beautiful in the back of my camera. Mm. And um, in that moment, I stepped out of that whole doubt and frustration that I was having with studio lighting. Yeah. Because I was having so much of it. And I was feeling like a failure every time I tried. I would go and do these what I thought was good. I would get them on the computer and they were all over the place and the like. (laughs) It's just like, you know, it wasn't technically right. And I finally was like, you know what? It doesn't have to be technically right because this is for
0: me. Exactly. I love that. I think it's like, and that's the thing about photography is, is it's so easy to learn all the rules Mm -hmm. and get stuck in following the rules. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and not realizing that, you know what, art's subjective and you can break them. Yeah, it, exactly.
1: And that's that's it. And it Love becomes it. every... And some people are great with the technical stuff. I, however, am not. I don't like rules. <laughs> I don't <really laughs> like to follow them. I think that's why I'm finally so comfortable just kind of creating what I create. Because it's not about trying to get the perfect bokeh in the background or get the Rembrandt light on her face. I just wanted something... Unique and beautiful and you know wasn't too blown out you know so yeah, there are some technical mm. things that went into that that I learned right in order to adjust my camera to get what I was looking for or something that I liked. but it wasn't the technical part wasn't the end all
0: because mm. there's been so many times and I've actually take, mm. taken images that I'm like, I love this, but this is not technically perfect so I will not put th- I will not post this no one will ever see this. yeah, which is so silly right, so post it. I know, right? Post it. Because <laughs> you never know, like and you
1: know, I, I wrote this thing yesterday, and I was talking about, you know why not why not give birth to a new way of doing something? Mm. You know, like in one picture, I was like, gosh, you know, my photography teachers would probably be all over me because her hair is falling in the shadows. I don't have any hair light on her. You know, and I was talking to my photography teacher last night when I sent her those images, and she was like, Danielle, those are beautiful. And I'm like, I didn't follow any of the rules you told me. <laughs> it's, you know, because it's okay. Like, why Why is all of these different lighting styles that we learn in school, why are those the only ways to do things? Like, Yep.
0: So why not create your own? Love it. Now, what advice do you have for someone who wants to niche into children portraits? How do you market to attract your ideal clients?
1: Well, I first think the first piece of advice I would give is to have a passion for it. I personally think, you know, I I don't have a passion for food photography. So therefore, the times that I have tried food photography, it looks terrible. (laughs) I really have no passion for it. So (laughs) the first piece of advice I would give is really ask yourself the question of why are you getting into this like do you do you love it is it this just that you think that there's a lot of dollars in children's photography versus what you're doing like why are you doing it and then i say then once you decide that yes i've got passion for this yes this is something i really want to bring into my business or my life or or my art whatever reason you're you know a photographer then i would say you know start going out and shooting different kids you know one of the things that i know that i personally my my age range is 5 to 18 those are the years that i love i have a really hard time with newborns so i don't do newborns <laughs> uh, i have a really hard time even with one and two i i like for them to be sitting um, and have some sort of engagement with me, and we can have a conversation. Now, not to say that I won't work with a four-year-old or a three-year-old, but I I know where I'm comfortable, and I think you have to find mm. that. And in order to find that, you start shooting different things. You know, find your friends, find kids, um, do profitable model calls. Um, you know, you, you've got to. If you're new to it, I personally think you've got to try it. I tried new. I had two newborn sessions. They were six hours long, and we got. Two images. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know that newborn photography is not for me. I don't have the magic touch with newborns. <laughs> um, oh, some people, there's amazing photographers out there that do, like the lady that took my daughter's newborn picture, they're amazing at it. Um, and they have a passion for it. And it shows, right, in their work. When you look at my newborn <laughs> pictures, you're going to be like, wow, she's not such a great photographer. Um, but then, you know, the other thing that I started doing is, you know, you're looking at, uh, I click and Moms was one of the first groups that I found and I wanted to be one of them. And now I am. It's crazy. Mm. Um, so really finding the platforms out there, right, and studying and learning and finding inspiration as it's, uh, a lot of people, you know, will tell you that when I'm not with my daughter, I'm constantly on my phone and it's, I'm constantly looking at inspiration. Mm. Um I'm looking for new ways. I'm looking for resources. I'm, look, I'm, I'm constantly working on my business in one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. The other piece of it is, now, I personally love vintage, and I like um, I love dresses. I love dresses that mm-hmm. flow. So I first found, she was called the Borrowed Boutique. She's no longer in business, but a lot of photographers know another one is Rainy's Closet. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can rent the dresses, this fun tutu de mon, Nelly Stella, all of these amazing clothes, or even Bentley and Lace where you have the ball gown. So yeah. I started finding my way into children's photography through those types of things, right? Where I would rent the dresses, have a special, I think one of my old sessions, and I think I'm going to bring those back, where, where my dress, girls dress up sessions, mm-hmm. where the mom could spend the money, come and have this you know, amazing experience in this beautiful dress that they would normally not buy, uh, hair and makeup. Um, so finding things that within right the children's industry that you're passionate about. So for me, it was dresses. So I then started going to, into um, buying. Now I have a client closet. I have Joyfully dresses, uh, Pallades dresses, I'm just finding these unique dresses to build into my client car, client closet. excuse me, And through that is how I started attracting the ideal clients, right? Finding parents that want to have pictures of their kids in these beautiful dresses. Um, it fits my style. They love the, the fact that the flow, they like the flow of the dresses like I do. They like to see their child spinning around in them. And then they ultimately want to see these images hung on their wall. They're not Mm. looking for a photographer just to throw, um, you know, have the digitals and show their friends on the phone. These images and these fancy dresses, right? The amount of money that they spent to make that photo shoot happen, they wanna hang these art pieces on their walls. So my biggest advice is once you dive into the niche of children's portraits, find within children's what you're passionate about, you know, and, and, and make that a part of your session and then sell that.
0: Mm, love that that's great advice and
1: talk to moms you know go out there and find I you know my daughter goes to a private school um, I don't have the kind of money that a lot of these moms do at the private school but finding the pe- people if, if it's if, if we're going on the high-end client right your luxury client talk to those people that you if you go into these houses and I see images hanging on their wall tons of them, what drew you to that photographer what what are you looking for in a children's portrait photographer when you buy you know when you when you invest asked questions such good
0: advice i love this so what do you wish you knew when you were first starting out
1: no <sighs> that i didn't have to be like everybody else <laughs>
0: Mm.
1: That would be the biggest one. I think starting out, and granted, that's part of how we find our style. But starting out, I was really trying to copy, you know, stuff. I was going to be painterly photographer, or I was going to be this, or I was going to be that. And I spent a lot of time trying to be like them and then posting images and not getting any feedback. Or I wasn't like them. And actually, to be honest, looking back at some of that stuff, it's so bad. It's so (laughs) bad. (laughs) I didn't realize how terrible, you know, but that's another piece is being able to, you you know, look at your own images and find out what you need to work on. Yeah. You, you you know, um, but yeah, I, I wish I knew that I didn't have to be like everybody else to make it and that it is okay to have my own unique, crazy, whimsical, out of the box voice and not everybody will like it, but some will. I don't need everybody to like it, um, I just need the people that I want to pay for
0: it to like it or, <laughs> you know. Exactly. I love that. So what are you artistically curious about right now?
1: Still everything. I think I'm artistically most curious right now is about right now is artificial lighting and, and, and creating art with that. So, learning more about the lighting now that I'm starting to get more comfortable with it. And just really curious about how I can do a lot of what I'm doing post-processing, doing it actually in camera um, Mm. and getting, creating some of these visions that I have, um, different colors. That's probably what I'm most curious about right now. I love it. what I'm focused
0: on. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) That was so fun. So weird knowing that people are going to listen to me like I listen. I don't know, it's just such a strange place to be in. I love it's a it. fun place, you know, when you feel like you're growing to a different level in your career where people actually want to learn from you. It's such, it's...
0: Mm. It's surreal. Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really can't believe I'm sitting on the other side of this, but, and that people are going to listen to this and I hope that they get something out of it. I and mean, they will. It was such a good chat. Thank
0: you. Oh, you guys, I just loved this conversation. We can often get in our own heads and stop ourselves from playing and creating and really slowing down. I love Danielle's perspective on slowing down and being intentional and present and creating something for yourself. So my friends, in your next session, I would love you to create something just for you. Something that lights you up and fills your soul. I would love even if you tagged me at Milky Way Fun, or even just sent me a DM to share. I'm sending you so much of my light and love today and every day. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening today. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And I would love if you would leave a review. It truly helps other photographers discover this podcast.